Don't plan more than three months ahead. Okay. As a startup, you need to constantly adjust. If I hear your story, everything sounds like really magical. It was gut feeling. We built very long lasting relationships and the more powerful each time. If you give something to someone, they want to give something back. Hey, awesome people. Welcome to Bootstrap Stories, the only podcast where founders of bootstrap companies share in all transparency the ups and downs of their journey. Starting a business comes hand in hand with loneliness, the pressure of not being successful, and overall, lots of challenges. After meeting with hundreds of entrepreneurs in the past years, I figured out that we all have struggles and make lots of mistakes when building a business. But the truth is that most people are afraid to share this publicly. That's what motivated me to start this podcast, to show that we're all on the same journey, facing the same struggles, and to give energy to all entrepreneurs worldwide to continue their adventure. Even if sometimes it can be really challenging and we often feel like giving up, in the end, it's all worth it. Today, I'll chat with Luxian Suski, co-founder and CEO at Surfer. Hey, Luxian, welcome to Bootstrap Stories. Hey, hey, G. I'm super, super happy to be here. Super happy uh, to have you on the podcast. And before we get started, I just want to outline the different topics that uh, we will discuss in this episode. So in the first part of the podcast, I want to find out what strategy helped you to grow your business. Next, I want to go through like the ups and downs. We were discussing that like a few minutes earlier. So really want you to go deep into the challenges and uh, share this with our audience. And in the end, I will see how you plan to build further surfer and what are your next milestone for the next years. Uh, and again, finishing with flash questions uh, that I love uh, to finish with at the end. Sounds good for you? Awesome. Awesome. Let's, cool. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw that you started Surfer in uh, 20, 2017. So um, we're in 2021. Can you let us know a bit about the, the story uh, so far? How, how did it got started and what's the current numbers right now? Sure. So, um, yeah, we started like mid-2017. Um, and we were, uh, there were three of us, uh, myself, my brother, Michał, and then Sławek. Uh, and we, um, the, the story is that Sławek uh, used to run um, SEO agency or digital marketing agency in Poland. And he built something, you know, crazy uh, in, in small village, like uh, built a team of 20, 30 people now. Um, that's uh, like, Everyone started from ground up and, and he actually created processes to teach everything uh, to them. And one of the things that he uh, he kind of teached was uh, this methodology of uh, SEO uh, that was um, you know, basing on competitor analysis. So trying to figure out what are those um, different factors uh, that made competitors rank high and uh, I mostly mean the on-page factor. So how long were the articles? What different keywords uh, people used, competitors used in those articles and try to map all that into, you know, a picture of what should I, what should my website look like uh, when it comes to the content, to the website structure and so on in order to run. And um, they, they run it successfully because they, Kind of based this whole you know company on top of that method 
but it was all manual and obviously error prone. So they did, you know, um, manually uh, counting even, you know, the words, uh, different keywords and so on, headings, paragraphs, and pasting into Excel and then trying to, you know, compare. It was, you know, uh, it worked, but it was really time consuming. And at the same time, Mihao started working there uh, and he quickly uh, became head of SEO. So he was really involved in creating this process. And um, I, I used to work back then at Strategizer. Uh, so uh, this, this company behind Business Model Canvas. And I was like, it was itching me to you know, start <laughs> my own business, like try to use, actually use those tools, use this knowledge I I um i had um and uh so we have shared about this you know thing they do at this agency and i thought okay let's let's try to productize it let's let's try to make the SaaS out of it and that's that's how we started awesome so basically you used the the money from the agency like they were making to productize or did you start something like uh, from scratch yeah, not really, because as we started, like uh, I was still working back then. So I worked after hours, weekends and so on and created a prototype. Okay. Uh, How long did you work for? Yeah. How long did you work for during this uh, this transition time? A few months, I guess. Uh, okay. I'll try to, 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 to make the story, you know, uh, complete and probably I'll recall the exact, <laughs> the exact number. Awesome. Uh, so I guess, uh, yeah, I... I, I you know, created the prototype and showed them, showed it to uh, to guys, and and you know, we we knew we can actually make something out of it. So uh, it was like uh, mid two thousand seventeen. So uh, what we went into, you know, building more uh, more features on top of that. But from the very beginning, this tool have been used in this agency. So we had the first client, even if not paying, that's okay. You, you need to, you know, uh, have the clients early, obviously. You knew it was helpful, basically, yeah. Yeah, and it was, you know, our own things, something that's, uh, that we understand what problem we are solving. Uh, it also makes it much easier to figure out what to do next if you don't have to constantly, you know, talk to customers. So we, we had this customer, the very first customer in the company, which was, you know, ideal a situation for, for building this product. Uh, and we went like that, I guess, one year, actually, uh, before we went full time. So it was quite a long time. We didn't even ask for any, you know, uh, any uh, money from our customers. We did kind of like open beta, which was free. Um, just uh, November 2017 on one of the biggest Polish SEO conferences. Um, and, you know, immediately like hundreds of people signed up to Surfer and it was amazing to just, you know, see the Slack buzzing, that <laughs> sign up, sign up, sign up, even if it wasn't uh, about money yet, because money didn't come until uh, the year after, actually. So we kept this open beta for one year for free, which uh also like it's it's it, it was very important for us because we managed to build very early relationships with our customers because we gave them something in exchange because if you give some something to someone they want to give something back so what they gave back is was the feedback was the um you know they they kind of spread the word about this 
uh, this thing. Um, and it was it was um, innovation back then. There was one uh, competitor which we weren't aware of until we actually released the tool, which was Cora. Uh, but no one actually did that. And maybe people were just doing manually, you know, whatever they did in the agency. So having the tool for doing all that automatically was, you know, very, very um, a bless for, for many customers. That's that's really nice. And uh, just to, to kind of like wrap up the, the story, uh, you started helping uh, your brother and your other friend, like in the agency, you built a tool. Uh, the agency was also customer, so you could see like what feature was working, the one that were really like benefiting uh, everyone. And you kept the beta open for about a year. So it was a free beta. Um, you didn't put any like gates. So for example, like was it accessible to well, everyone? It, the idea was that yeah. the more customers will have, the better. Because okay. we, need, we need, you know, <laughs> we need to, to know if, it, if it's actually useful. So it was... Uh, thought to be as you know only email password and boom you see the okay. tool you can access it and th there was no gating and, and do you do you regret this strategy or do you feel like it was uh, the good not one? at all it was okay. it was the only one because okay. th that's the point uh, we didn't have any audience beforehand we didn't okay. have any connections we okay. it was just you know three guys from small village in Poland <laughs> that's that's it we, we didn't know anyone even on the Polish market we were barely known. Okay. Uh, so we had to, you know, go quickly, make ourselves recognizable. Okay. Uh, that... And that was the only way, you know, because you, you can be a huge company and they, like a huge founder, like you, you do like, uh, um, I don't know, sell books, then sell courses, and then you build a company on top of that audience. And then you can, you know, play with closed access, but it was not in your case, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. But I, I understand actually, like, uh, it's funny because we started the uh, Lemlis the same way. Uh, we had no audience back then. We didn't know anybody. So we said, okay, like make it like really free. But, uh, when I've seen like, um, when you start building your audience, as you said, something you can definitely do is, uh, create like a, a gate. So like not make it accessible to everyone, invite only, uh, use basically like scarcity and all these tactics and strategy to just build the hype and, uh, and also select only relevant people. So for you, was it like, uh, something difficult, like to, to just exclude the one that didn't fit? Because the truth is like when something is free, uh, you sometimes, you know, like, uh, in our case, I'm going to take an example and then you can share uh, your story. But in our case, for example, uh, at first we had so many different use cases that it was difficult for us uh, to know what was the one we wanted to focus on. So did you have this issue? And also like, how did you manage to find like your ideal customer profile? You, you got a point because it might not have been gated like explicitly invite only, but after you signed up, you typed the keyword and all you saw is, you know, data charts, browsing, yeah. you know, different factors that don't mean anything to anyone but SEO expert. So that was our gate, actually. Okay. So <laughs> on, you know, all, uh, only people interested and uh, ex ex experts could actually make sense out of it. Okay. Um, so I guess you, you couldn't, like, you just go away if you... Okay, yeah, the, the selection it. would happen like naturally. It's like uh, Darwin, uh, Darwinism. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and basically like, uh, let's go back to that time. So you spent a year, you gather like a lot of free users and now comes a time where, okay, like you've quit your job. It's now time to make money, you know, like uh, you're, you're with your brother and everything, but you, you gotta eat, you know? So 
Where, where, when you, what, what happened exactly? Like, so how did you convert them? Obviously, as any you know, founder that's on the beginning on his journey or her journey, we we started to look for investment, right? Because uh, okay. how how else you can build the company? How else you can be, feel safe that you are? You know, we didn't even think about not having salaries. That was you know really uh, nothing that we we could agree on. And uh, we spoke to some, and we actually, at some point, uh, and it was like August 2018, we we even got a term sheet for like, we, we had like $300,000 for 30% of the company, which was, uh, from, from this perspective I have now, ridiculous. <laughs> but <laughs> at that point, at that point, it made a lot of sense to us. Uh, so we had this term sheet signed, and uh, this investor uh, convinced us to, you know, radically, radically lower down our salaries. Uh, that we had a, a huge fight over that, but finally, okay, let's 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 do this. Um, and then what happened? We released our you know early access package so that you could secure. You, you can buy um, upfront server for one one year with three years price guarantee and um it was like 400 bucks okay. and we saw 20 people purchase that and we were like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> do we really need an investment right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then black friday came the first one the, the, the turning point uh which was crazy and we sold like 200 deals uh and the recurring ones so it was you know Suddenly, we started to make money, and the investor was not ready with their money yet. So okay. we couldn't sign the final agreement. Uh, they postponed it one time, two times, and then we saw, okay, maybe it's wise to rethink if we actually need an investor. And uh, we we made this decision, which was, you know, uh, a good one. Um, and I'm glad we. We made that decision to to kind of walk away from the deal, uh, so that we can talk right now about bootstrapping. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And uh, and after that, like, is it something? Is it a topic like that came to your mind? Because right now you're like uh, past two million in ARR or something. Um, I don't know. We are past like eight million. Past eight million. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so past eight million in ARR. And uh, what's like? Uh, what's your feeling about like? raising fund because you've been profitable from early days have you changed your mind like is it something you're considering like uh it's you know it's hard uh to we are really really hard to invest in companies because we 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 know that our value is much higher than any investor could pay okay. and at the same time we don't need a lot of cash at hand because we are profitable we we have positive cash flow we just you know we can invest our own money so we don't really need an investor right now that's one part and the second investors cannot pay as much as we want um so uh right now it's it's hard to imagine for me that we i don't know we 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 got an investor in the you know, next three months but uh there are some uh cases that uh, make sense uh, okay. to, 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 to get an investor, even if you're bootstrapped, even if you don't need the money. Because for example, 
uh, if you issue issue the ESOP, like we we didn't do that yet because we we still are waiting for uh, the U.S. flip to happen. So we kind of moving the Polish company to the U.S. Why are you doing that? Um, yeah, like one thing is the ESOP, so that we can actually um, able to hire people from the U.S. Okay, so right now you want to hire people in the U.S. Okay. Yeah, so especially like marketing talent and sales talent, it's okay. it's hard to to find really experts here in Europe. And like in Poland, the law is kind of not really supporting things like ESOP, so it's probably impossible to to issue it. Okay. And uh, if we are flipping the company somewhere, the U.S. makes the most sense probably. What's the customer repartition for you? Like, do you have most of your customers already in the US or is it just like a market you want to... Okay. 60, over 60% probably right now. So so most of the customers are from the US, definitely. Um, but, you know, if you want to issue the ESOP, you need to somehow prove the value of your company. You can tell, okay, I'm worth $50 million, $100 million. Uh, obviously, founder will say, <laughs> but no one, no one will believe it until they see someone else you know, making the check. Uh, so raising like, I don't know, selling 0.5% or 1% of the company uh, okay. and cashing out or, or, I don't know, uh, having this cash, but proving the valuation is, is one thing where investment makes sense. Uh, but you'll do it on your own terms, obviously, and not like uh, you, you have to do it. Also, you, you don't have to agree for, you know, uh, board of directors and so on. Uh, you, you can just continue moving the company in your direction. Nice. Uh, because it's it's a it's a burden. We we know it also from experience that uh, trying to please anyone who's you know uh, not the founder, especially if you are you know three founders, we have two late co-founders, so it's hard to please everyone and the more pe people you bring from external sources, the, the more people you have to please, basically. So in total, you're uh, five co-founders, is that correct? Yeah, so we are three at the very beginning, but um, 2018, before we started charging to... Uh, you added like two more? Okay. And uh, okay, how, how did you split like the, the capital and were the two person you added as co-founders? They they had less than ten percent total. Okay. The, the, okay. The, the late late co-founders, um, and one of them was you know old friend of mine who's a developer and he he kind of looked for a change and he's like very adventurous. Okay. <laughs> <He's> like, so, <laughs> I don't know this shit, but let's jump right in. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And and how long did it take uh, how long did it take you like to to all of you like the five person get the first paycheck like the first salary? Oh, that's yeah. Um so we most of us worked without a salary at all for one year. Uh so probably 2019 uh okay. late 2019 until we started actually getting salary. Okay. And is it, uh, do, do you often increase your salary or are you more of the, because I see two types of founders, for example, um, in our company, what we do is like, we increase our salary often because, uh, we want to feel that the company is growing. And I feel like whenever you increase your salary, you get much more ambitious just because you're getting more money. 
And I see also like the other type of founders who are like, I'm taking the minimum salary possible so I can reinvest in the company. So which, which one of uh, the two types are you? Kind of in the middle. <laughs> okay. <balancing stuff. laughs> uh, because we, we, we started low, we started really low, but we ramped up very quickly until we got to the point. Okay. This is really satisfies us. Okay. And this is the salary that I would make anywhere else. So, um, as a developer, like with 10, over 10 years of experience, I could make a lot, a lot of money elsewhere. But at the same time, it, it didn't make a lot of sense for me to pay more salary than, than I need because the best investment I can make out of this money is in server. Okay. So uh, <laughs> that's why, that's why we try to invest as much as possible in server. And that's nice. not, not always successful. So we, uh, would say have to pay dividends from time to time uh but uh but yeah this is the best investment i could i could make so uh, and okay that's cool and if if we go back to uh if we go back to basically like uh, the part where you had like your first customers you started with the free beta you converted them with uh, the launch then the black friday but how exactly were these people coming in, you know, like uh, in the early days? Was it just like word of mouth because you're a SEO tool where you're like working really hard on SEO as well? Like how exactly did, uh, did that work out? We, we don't do SEO yet, even after three years, <laughs> we barely touched our no content because we, you know, the thing is, if you are competing in SEO niche, you need to have, you know, huge domain, like, yeah uh a lot of links a lot of authority so it didn't make sense at all to start with seo um and um the growth that we had we have seen uh so we we, we try to start locally uh so we launched on polish seo conference but always think globally so even though you know our 90 percent of our first customers were Polish, we never translated our application in Polish because it's it would slow down the further development of our product. And we had really limited resources because it was only me and a friend of mine. So, uh, so we had to um, kind of figure out our own way on how to, how to get global, basically. So what happened? We we started to meet people either from you know our customer base or the events we attended or even later on we organized a few seo conferences in poland in 2019 we started to meet more and more influential people and they were uh really raving about surfer because it was really either the problem they have seen they uh they did all the stuff manually or even didn't think it can work that way and uh, we showed them something new something that okay you can now do seo without backlinks which is uh which is amazing and it really worked uh so if your product is working then going after influencers step by step can make you know uh recognized uh, across okay. the whole uh so if I if I understand correctly, your strategy was really like uh, either talk to your existing users and potentially like get them to talk about your products uh, in their make community. relationships with yeah. with uh, with our customers, create community, build a community 
uh, among them. And nice. this is this is this was our strategy, and still is. Also, yeah. like we we kind of twenty four seven have been for our customers on intercom, like founders talking all the time with with people on chat and then on Meet or wherever. Uh, so always be there for for customers, and then it we built very long-lasting relationships, dozens of them, and the more powerful each time. So uh, finally, we met uh, we met Matt Digity, who organized the SEO conference conference in Chiang Mai, which is one of the biggest ones uh, in in the world, and uh, we we managed to to get there as a sponsor. And actually, when we went there, it was also a turning point for us because we finally see, okay, those people are real, the customers are real, and they saw us as real human beings. And actually, you know, most of the people talked about Surfer because that's, that was, you know, this new thing. Uh, and so cool guys are behind it. Um, so our, our, our stand was really, you know, all the time filled with people and we we couldn't find time to breathe actually <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's cool and uh seo is like a really crowded market um we also well, like with lemley started in a crowded market what was like uh, your strategy to stand out from all the other tools was it to kind of like niche it down to a specific functionality or was it and be like the best at it or was it a different positioning how exactly did that work out uh, so SEO is is wild. Uh, so and as we started, we we was you know in SEO industry, but the tools that we created, we created a whole new category of SEO tools. Actually, we were pioneers of you know on-paid SEO tools, content uh, creation editors, and so on. So um, we 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 niche down to to one particular job you, you have to do in SEO. And it was, we built uh, the market, you know, out of our community because uh, we are still in the position that people don't know they have problem that we solve. Um, so we have to make sure that we actually, you know, do a good job at telling them it's, it's a problem worth solving. So how how exactly like uh, is it just by educating people? Is it on the content you create or we invest a lot? Maybe not the blog content, but we invest a lot a lot in videos, in webinars, uh, in Facebook community, in conferences, and so on. So we try to always educate our customers on you know how to how to basically do SEO in 2022. And, and do you run uh, do you run a lot of ads as well or uh... almost none actually? Uh, okay, just just a little bit of remarketing, but the budgets are you know I don't know five thousand dollars. And early on, you you were spent you were talking about like uh, influencers and the fact that you know like when they start seeing your tool, they start recommending it. Is it something where you decided like uh, was it just a two-way relationship in the sense that okay? You help them because you're bringing an innovative tool and they are happy to talk about it? Or did you also went through the route where you're like, okay, I love this guy, he's doing a great job in SEO. I want him to start or her to start talking about our product. Let me like get in touch with that person and pay them maybe or give them like referral fee or something like that. Truly, we did an outreach and one. It was whole, okay. all, you know, inbound, natural, organic uh, growth. Okay. So we, so I'll be honest, we, just started like a month or two 
uh, having part-time sales job okay. and <laughs> not even whole, 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 uh, full-time. So okay. it's, uh, we are, you know, definition of product that growth mm-hmm. in, in terms of, you know, um, B2B software, um, because we, it's interesting and it's puzzling me still how, how we grew so quickly. Uh, but we, we don't have any, you know, viral loops. We don't have any, any huge, you know, um, w- one thing we did, which is, uh, um, serving the brand really well was to, uh, rescue server, which is a Chrome extension for, you know, checking uh, the search volumes of keywords for free, because at, at the time, um, there was these keywords everywhere and they said, okay, uh, you need to pay for it right now. And people were, oh no, it's $2 a month. I want to do that. <laughs> and we were like, okay, uh, we had the data and let's do it tried, for free. <laughs> let, let's do it for free. Exactly. And we have right now like 300,000 users there okay. and they see every day, you know, on Google surfer logo. Uh, and we also um, bring them a lot of value for okay. free. And is it the only free tool you have in the Surfer Suite, or uh, do you have also free, another freemium plan? We we have uh, we don't have you know freemium plan uh, at all right now. We even don't don't have trials, um, but we we are releasing freemium tools from time to time, which are related to what we do. But it's not like you get into the product and use some part of it for free. It's like completely separate tools separate. like keyword surfer okay. was one but we also did uh like outline generator based on ai so that you just type keyword and you see proposals of headings you can use in the content so you can build quickly a blog outline for example and it's also like for free yet we have much you know some more sophisticated module for that in paid up so it's not like we get a lot of you know direct conversions from that either from keyword surfer or from the outline generator, but I think it serves the brand, the recognition. And also like the potentially also like the, the domain authority, right? Because if people love like a free tool, they would recommend it in their blog, which will uh, drive you backlinks and then like a, a good, uh, a good brand authority. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So in total, how many like a, f- a free user would you have? So I don't know, this keyword surfer is like 300,000. So I guess that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're, they're, these are people who actually you know use it every day okay and do you do you like uh also offer support to the free users or is it uh, uh, not really not, not really. really okay, okay. Uh, yeah but yeah. obviously they they chat us uh, on, yeah. you know they go to surfersio.com open intercom and, <laughs> and we in that matter we serve them uh, okay. or, or try to serve them but uh it's not like dedicated effort and if, if I hear like uh, your story, everything sounds like uh, really magical, you know, like you started, you did like uh, one year beta, you didn't know what was going to happen, had this investment, but in the end you're like, okay, you know what, fuck it, I'm making money. Uh, and then the growth was quite huge, met with uh, industry experts, uh, used that free tool to gather like uh, and get great brand awareness. So I'm curious, like, were there any like hard times uh, overall, whether it's with your co-founders or with acquisition or scaling, like... What was tough for you during this uh, this last four years, four or five years? I'll say it's even between tough times and, and happy times. Okay. <laughs> because obviously there is you know a lot of uh, a lot of effort you need to make. For example, you know 
if you are a, a sole co-founder, a sole founder, you don't have any co-founders. You don't have to establish relationships with anyone. You can just, you know, um, if you if you feel well with yourself, then that's that's it. But if you have two, yeah, probably knew each other from before. It's easy. But we had five. Yeah. So imagine, you know, <laughs> must have people. been a mess. <laughs> it it was it was a huge mess, and sometimes surfer was on the brink of you know breaking here or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, we we managed to to learn each other how each other reacts to calm down what? our emotions and so on. And uh, right now, um, I I see it pays uh, pays off because we we know we have huge. Uh, a uh, huge team to to know be there for for ourselves um and obviously at the very beginning there was a lot to do right uh so we could afford you know we couldn't afford an employee uh for a long time but uh, we didn't really need it one because of this uh, very uh big founding team right and uh, what what have you done like uh, concretely like to to help you like kind of manage these ups and downs. So for example, like with my two co-founders, it has always been like uh, really challenging. We had like some hard times, very like a lot of moments as you, you know, when the company is on the verge of just breaking and exploding, we took a coach that uh, really helped us. Is it something you, you tried or did you like just read on anywhere like about management and this type of issues? What, what have you done exactly? So actually not much, you know, uh, we we tried to um, understand each other. We we didn't have a coach, uh, which might not, might help us actually. I think we we might uh, it might have been easier with a coach, but we didn't we couldn't afford one. <laughs> so, uh, investor that we uh, signed the tenantry with, he let's say coached us a little bit. Um, but we we had to do it on on our own terms, and we we tried to you know really um, understand how what's the way of thinking of everyone because everyone on the team we were so different, very different you know uh, ideas, different expressions of their emotions and so on. Can you give an example like so people can picture like. Uh... What would uh, a normal fight look like, and how how would you solve it? Like, what would be the process? So there is no, you know, uh, there is no um, magical way to solve a conflict. You just need to wait, and you just need to think uh, about how you behaved and why, and then the other party. Um, a concrete example. Mm, so. At the very beginning of uh, after uh, after we went full time, I was like, okay, I see it working, but I have to work because, you know, coming from full time job like forty hour a week to a startup where you have no salary, so you can you have to you know do even you know more in order to um, have better chances of success because what would happen if you don't succeed? Then you. Uh, you're out of, you know, I know, $500,000 or whatever. Um, so uh, it's it was very motivating for us to uh, work for no salary. But at the same time, you know, we went from 
40 hours a week to 70, 80 sometimes because, because it was so exciting, so motivating. Uh, but I was like, I wasn't sure if we um if we establish correct, you know, um cup table at the very beginning where we were um just uh, you know thinking about the side project and now we have to jump you know 80 80 hours a week so that was that was a real uh, real conflict that we had okay uh, but we we kind of managed to 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 go through it uh kind of you know it was like when you are negotiating it always the, the result is that every side is uh, feeling pain I think this is a tough time, like uh, discussing about percentage, because as you said, you know, like uh, sometimes you feel you might feel like you're doing more or that you're bringing more value. Uh, what was what what was like the, the process to solving this? And um, where there because you are five, which is kind of like a, a really big funding team. So I'm curious to understand two things. First, like what was your process in figuring out the exact shares that you will all get? And also, second thing is like, after you guys decided about the shares, did anyone after that kind of felt like, you know, they got screwed and uh, that they should get more or that, and it came back, you know? Yeah, actually, actually it never came back. Uh, That's good. <laughs> because, because we, we, we thought, okay, we, we went through this once and that's enough, right? Because it was really, you know, a really hard time. But we, everyone was on the same page after, after that. And there was no process of, you know, it was gut feeling of how, how much should everyone get. And it, it still is uh, something that, you know, maybe if we went back and uh, knew, knowing what, what we know before, we would establish it very different. But it was a decision made back then, then we worked hard through this decision and that's it. And you have to accept. Um, and that's, that's the way to go because, um, can you explain like the different percentage based on the roles? If you're okay to, to share this or is it uh, confidential? Um, I'm, no, I, I don't want to talk about exact numbers because okay. like I could talk about my ones, but I'm not sure what other guys uh, would say if I just shared okay. everyone. <laughs> Um, so I got roughly one third of the company, okay. which is, which is super fair, right? Because, you know, uh, three co-founders, one third, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough time and, um, you better, uh, not come back to this and like too often and not renegotiate. Uh, you, you should be able to accept uh you know the 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 idea that you established at the very beginning and move on because that's uh that will that can you know crush the company and yeah we, definitely we, we almost crashed because of that because of you know um i would say lack of acceptance of the previous yeah i've got i've got a lot of friends you know like who started their company uh they disagreed then you know they agreed on something but actually like some people were definitely like uh not okay with what happened and maybe like six to six months to a year later when things are hard and the company is not growing as fast as expected then people feel like okay why the fuck would i get like less shares than this person was in the same boat and we're all like uh, so that's that's very tricky that's very tricky and 
And did you face like uh, any challenges? Because I mean, if you look at your growth, it's uh, it's quite exponential, like it's quite fast, etc. Like, but in the end, this is like the the zoom out view of uh, five years of uh, growth, grind, uh, hard work. Um, did you did you ever face like a plateau at some point uh, that you had to kind of like push forward to to break or or was it just like a linear or exponential growth from the start? We never saw like plateau in our growth. So that's, you know, it's it's great because we never felt this huge pressure. We 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 have to keep pressure. We have to keep pressing but uh, you know on our terms also. It's you know because if you if you have external pressure it's also you know sometimes healthy to to feel it. Uh, in our case, we have to kind of um, make it up, you know, because <laughs> in the end, there is no big pressure, but at the same time, we want to keep growing. We want to keep learning. We want to keep meeting people. And uh, you cannot just stop stop uh, doing uh, good work, right? So, um, so, but I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we never plateaued and we, we never had this, Event and event that we run out of cash or, or we couldn't mm -hmm. pay people and so on. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's let's let's cross fingers that it's, uh, it stays the same. Uh, and um, and did you have any like um, really tough times with uh, customers at some point? Like I don't know, like customers leaving bad reviews because support was not good enough, or really unhappy customers, or anything you felt uh, worth sharing for people because. As SaaS founders, we all experience from time to time, you know, angry or mad people. And I think it's good to share these stories. I, I think if you are fair to your customers, we always have this customer-centric uh, view. So we, we try to make the decisions, for example, around the promotions. Like we have a Black Friday. Yeah. So we know we can, you know, give the discount to, to new customers, which is, you know, why we do the Black Friday to bring new people. But at the same time, we feel, okay, what about our existing customers? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a very rare case that uh, companies do promotions for existing customers, which is, if you think about it, it's ridiculous because that's uh, that's how you are. Uh, that's 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 how we, where you are at this yeah, point we can because really... of those existing customers. Yeah. So uh, you have to be grateful and you have to be fair always. And if you are fair, it will happen that customer will leave a bad review or, you know. Uh, so what you're saying is that during Black Friday, for example, instead of just giving an offer to new customers, what you do also is say, okay, uh, and I, I'm assuming you're doing Black Friday only on a yearly plan. So basically you can kind of upsell also the, the, monthly, uh, the monthly paying users. It, it's also tricky in our case because we... <laughs> We don't really need to people to, to buy annual plans, but still. So we didn't push for annuals on the Black okay. Friday. Uh, we had monthly promo for six months, 30% uh, okay. discount. And then for yearly, uh, we had 30% on top of the usual discount. So, uh, but for whole year. So it was a bit better, but um, we saw like 50% of annual plans on the Black Friday. How did your existing customers react? Because you were mentioning like, uh, did you offer that discount also yeah, to your so, existing Yeah, so we or? offered that discount when they went to annual. So that was our way to kind of okay. let them participate. But that's not all. 
uh, our this this Black Friday was really you know um, something different because we we wanted to do something you know exciting a game out of it. So we thought, okay, um, maybe let's uh, let's have a promotion that the more people the more deals we sell on the Black Friday, uh, we give you know some bonuses to not only to the new people but to existing customers too. So you could not participate in Black Friday, not do anything, but still you'd gain those bonuses from the deals sold that we had. And that was, you know, I I don't see a lot of companies doing that. Can you walk us through like the, the detailed process just so people can see? So was it like, uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, people had to share things, uh, bring, uh, I don't know, like... Yeah, so actually no one had to do nothing. So it, it was just on the autopilot. So uh, we set up a landing page where we had a counter of the deal sold and then five levels. So for one level first, like 100 deals sold, we gave everyone some uh, feature unlimited for everyone who actually had active subscription before Black Friday. So on level two, we increased the limits of usage. So for level three, we do something else. And then um, people saw in the application, this counter also growing and they saw, okay, now I have much bigger limit because of the Black Friday deal yet I didn't do anything. So they, they thought it's, it was very cool. And still, if you give something to anyone, they want to give it back. So they shared and uh, we, we, we kind of crashed it because we had 1,800. Nice. Nice. That, that's really good. So how, how many customers do you have uh, right now in total? 9,000. 9,000. And you got like uh, 1,800 uh, in, uh, in just one... Uh, 1,800 one including the upgrades, but the new, new ones were, I don't know, around 800. 900 new customers. So wow. 10%. So 10% of the yeah. total base. Yeah. That's, that's, that's huge. So those are huge. Yeah. yeah, and people even, you know, random people on LinkedIn saying this deal from Surfer is great because it's like actually <laughs> something fun. People watching this counter in the middle of the night. Uh, we were, you know, hosting live uh, on lives on Facebook when it came close. Okay. And uh, we could just <laughs> observe with, with customers how it went past the limit. So, and I guess it works. Fun. Yeah, and I guess it works well for you also because you can see like the kind of like limit growing and what people can get, et cetera, et cetera. And do you, do you feel like um, by doing this, you're kind of like losing a bit of the, the potential upsell that you could have get, or do you feel like usually like it's not, uh, it's not a huge risk? I would say on the contrary, because people start uh, small and the discount is only temporary. So ah, okay. kind of so after for example, six months, they, okay. they go up. So okay. it's kind of upsell for nothing so just, but we just, don't we yeah. don't we don't see a lot of upsells at all in our business which is okay. something we want to figure out so okay. kind of you know create something that will be will enable us to you know upsell uh, and just just trying to make sure uh, to give an example it's like let's say that uh, people pay 50 bucks to get like uh, the new deal with uh, unlimited something um, and that's, you know, like the, the Black Friday deal is going on. You see like the more and more people buying it. So the person who had bought like this $50 deal now gets an extra feature. 
Does that mean that after six months, because the discount is over, on which plan would that person would be? On the first one he selected or on the one that's maybe like an upsell because of- On the first one. On the first one. They'll they'll keep keep all the bonuses on top until they cancel. It's also, I know, should work as an anti-churn solution so that people don't want to lose those bonuses. Okay. So it's basically like if you churn all the good things that you had, it's uh, it's over. And you, you you just mentioned churn. So I'm curious, like, is it a, is it an issue or like, is it something you're looking at? It is, I'm, it I'm is, it is it's yeah. crucial because we don't, ha- we don't see a problem in, you know, leads or people registering or buying. Uh, that's, we have a lot of them, but we, we see a lot of people churning and that's, you know, that's our probably the biggest thing we can fix right now. Yeah. Do do you feel like it's uh it's just because of the the target like the ICP and potentially like okay it's small businesses, so they have like a higher tendency to churn. Yes. Or do you yes, feel like is, you? Could... It is also because of uh, you know small value because mm-hmm. we have no sales because we have no customer success. Okay. Uh, like dedicated account executives, it's not happening here. Um. It's, you know, it's easy to have low churn if you sell, you know, $100,000 annual, <laughs> annual, you know, deals uh, and walking the customers through everything on, on uh, when this process happens. But if you are fully self-served startup, like you just sign up, you purchase and, you know, here's the academy, here's the product, go use it. That's it. Mm, then you have this growth of uh, a lot of new users incoming, but at the same time you have the churn. So it is a bit of because of how we are doing things, but I feel uh, we could improve that. And that's where is our focus right now. So se- selling annual is actually quite good for you in the end. Like uh, whenever you're upselling for an annual, it would reduce dramatically your churn. So those deals on Black Friday are actually like a, a smart move. and. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> let's see next year. And and have you done like uh, any other things that you've seen uh, help to to reduce churn? Or so far, it's still something you're exploring and uh... nothing. Nothing at you know. Uh, nothing concrete. We actually tried. We we feel the pricing, but only you know cosmetics like different prices and different limits. So nothing revolution, okay. revolutionary here. Uh, we constantly, you know, improving our academy, our uh, resources, mm, our product itself, obviously too. But um, it's the trend is kind of stable. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when. Okay, when, when you cracked it and you found like the the silver bullet. <laughs> I guess it's 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 because we are PLG and we don't have sales. So nice. Mm, you have to accept that. Mm. I, I mean, we had like some some great learning so far, and uh, I want to be cautious uh, with your time also. So, one uh, before getting to the the three questions that will be fire questions, uh, what would be uh, your biggest lesson so far in those uh, four years and a half uh, running a business? Um, I would I would tell this: uh, don't plan more than three months ahead, because okay. we, uh, <laughs> as a startup, uh, you need to constantly adjust uh, to whatever happens, to, to your customers, to what they say, to who you meet, to, to who you don't meet. You can plan, okay, uh, we'll do this, 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 and that in, in one year, 
but it turns out after first first thing something happens that will make you to shift those plans and people are hesitant to changing the plans so create a culture that either you know um is super open to change the plans that you have or don't plan at all which we went for um, nice. <laughs> so we 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 try to be very in like three months it's it stops because we we tried obviously at the very beginning okay we spend a lot of time on planning uh you know all of the sticky notes like 20, uh, 20 ideas for the product for the next year and then we we see this those 20 stickies a year after and 18 of them make make no sense so uh, so don't I do love that. it. You just, yeah, you just, I like it. You need to be lean. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's a really good advice, especially like uh, when you get started. Like don't plan or don't plan like uh, too much in advance. So now let's uh, let's play a game. Three fire question for you to uh, to conclude this uh, this episode. What's your uh, favorite book or podcast? Uh, so a uh, recent book, I think again, but by Adam Grant, which is okay. basing on the idea of rethinking and uh being able to change your plans basically so <laughs> what i said it and and enforces this feedback so that's cool uh, really great book cool what's your uh who's your favorite uh bootstrap founder and why um i guess the jason fried from basecamp because they they were pioneers of uh so much con concepts that we just take for granted now and i, I feel the books they written they changed the world for better Nice. And uh, favorite thing to do to regain your motivation during hard times? No silver bullet here. I just wait patient, patiently for things to solve in their own time because I observed that it happens, that I'm super worried about something. And in the end, it, it's, it kind of solves one, one way or another. So always be uh, thoughtful about, you know, um, the past. Okay. And past so problems that you solve. Hide, hide and wait. <laughs> so, yeah. So wait, wait, and uh, it, it, it works. Awesome. Uh, also, have, yeah, a lot of, have a lot of sleep. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that's definitely important. Uh, what, where do people can uh, follow you, follow your journey, and follow Surfer? Uh, the best would be on LinkedIn. Uh, so just find me on LinkedIn. Okay. I'll, we'll put I'll, the link of I'll, your uh, yeah. profile. Awesome. I will do my best to post more and more interesting stuff. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Luxian. It was really great having a chat with you. Have an amazing day and take care. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.